good as that video. Great things happening around the life of our church. And um, this morning I just walked in uh, for the last worship song. I'll tell you what, worship goes off in this place, doesn't it? I love our worship team. I love seeing what's going on around the place. And um, I just did the first service over at, uh, at Pine Rivers, our new location that is coming on board, um, which will be launched, you know, uh, later on in 2016. And um, I preached there last week and we had probably around 30 people in the building. And uh, this week we had just over 70. Um, and, and as we were there, I, I was just like, I was, I was amazed. And um, just as I was walking out, we did the altar call at the end and uh, three people gave their lives to God. How good is that? And I just think it's not about how big it is, it's just about someone. And someone making a decision. And, um, and it was just funny because there were some people that had been there for, for years, for years. They just came up and just gave us a hug as we're going out. And they're just thanking God that, you know what, revival is taking place in people's lives. And that it's the church that is bringing revival. It's not City Point, it's you as an individual. It's the church collectively coming together, seeing lives changed. And it was just a phenomenal sight. And so, yeah, and just walking in here, just seeing worship and praise and going on. And then also, too, the video that comes forth. You know, as City Point Church, what we do throughout a year is phenomenal. Uh, we have our Faith, Love, Hope Weekends, and that's what this is about. This is our Faith, Love, Hope Weekend. And as I was looking through some of the stats is, um, do you realise that as City Point Church, we've had over 2,000 decisions this year? 2,000 people have somehow come... And I love that. Someone says, someone in the building would probably say, well, what about the disciples? Are they still in church? I don't see 2,000 in this building. You know what? Sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's seed that's planted and they could go to another church down the road. They could be visiting from another city, another country, but at least they've made a decision. You know, the first step is taken. So there's 2,000 lives that have encountered Christ. Another, another thing that I was looking at is our building projects. It's through our building projects. Who knows that we got a new car park? Yeah. Oh, I was happy for that one. But also, too, Brisbane, they got a new car park. Also, too, City Point West, they got a new auditorium. And then, who knows, Auckland needed heating. Yeah. <laughs> How do you run a church in Auckland without a... Like, ben, ben was telling me, as, and I used to have these in my factory when I used to work in a factory, is we'd have a, a blower that would blow a big flame out the front to heat up the building. And that's what they had in the foyer. Welcome to church. Big flame, and next minute, a two-year-old. Yeah, who knows there's health and safety issues? Maybe not New Zealand, but here in Australia. So, so we've had to do that. So he, he's excited. I was on the phone to him. He's excited about that. He was telling me all about it. I'm like, go for it. Who knows our winter warmers? We did our winter warmers. We had uh, 630 uh, red hamper bags go out for that, for people on the streets. The other thing is our Christmas hampers. Throughout our locations, we had 820 hampers go out. And this all comes out of our faith, love, hope. This is above our tithe, and this is what this weekend is about. It's that we, we plan for the future. We don't, we're not a church that reacts, but we're a church with vision and purpose of where we're going and how we're going to bless our community. Um, I love the image up there of City Point West. You see them there. It looks like they're worshipping God in a paddock. I'll tell you what they're doing. is They've got a line out for their food care. They feed over 3,500 members, 3,500 families that line up every week. And what they do, 
and it's all refugees, it's, it's anyone and everyone just lined up. And what they decided to do was, you know what, before we open the doors, we're going to pray for everyone. And so everyone lines up, and you, you could have 100, 200, 300 people lined up, and so they will stand there and they will pray and bless the food before people get it. So you've got every nationality, every standing up, and they're all, and at first it was like, oh, can we do? Yeah, why not? You're coming to a church. Let's pray. And so, and, and they've, seen thousands, well, they've seen thousands of families come through, but also, too, they're seeing people saved and delivered. They're seeing Muslims come to know Christ as their Lord and Saviour through those programs. And so it, it's just so good that's taking place. Also, um, Kids Hope Program, mentoring programs in schools. It's Not Okay Project. It's fantastic. I, I think it's good. From Redcliffe, we're investing a couple. Who reckons that's even better? You know, it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, to give finances, but it's another thing to give people. And so we're like, who can we spare? No. I believe this. Just give your best. And so Tim and Belinda head out over there, and uh, it's just going to be a fantastic over there, but... Um, Right, there are some great things. And, uh, you know, we currently have three babies in our home together. Yeah. Right now, we have three, three girls with three babies. And then the other one was, and we are just talking the other night, there's an 11-year-old that has come in pregnant. And she's about to give birth. Who knows that this world needs hope? Yeah. And we are here to give hope. We are here to give life. We are here to give purpose, vision, faith. And through, our, through the stuff that we do this weekend, is this is what we're believing for. And so we're coming with our, with our prayer requests. We're coming with our praise reports. We're coming with our offering. We're saying, God, we're going to see. We're going to see this world changed. We're going to see this world changed. And I was looking through the Red Frog stats. And, and when I was doing Red Frogs 10 years ago, it was like 1,400 or 1,600 volunteers throughout the nation working, now it's 3,000 volunteers for that, for that period of time in a week. 3,000 volunteers, Christian volunteers, go out and share the gospel, help a generation. And I was looking at that, and they do 370 schools nationally in their program. Um, but also, too, 1.4 million people are impacted. That's our church. That's our local church. Why wouldn't you be part of it? Why wouldn't you be part of it? The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. And the first contact that anyone will ever come to, you know, the first contact is you. You know, they're not going to meet Jesus first. They're going to meet Jesus through you. And so how are we that light? And I love being part of a church that is growing, that is vibrant, that is seeing miracles take place and lives being changed. And this morning I saw that. Lives being changed. Well, this morning, throughout our locations, we're all doing the, the same message. Someone said to me this morning, it should be easy for you. You can preach the same message twice. I'm like, no, I can't preach this message with you guys. So I preached something else. But this morning, uh, here we go. So... This morning's title is More Than Enough. More Than Enough. If we've got the first scripture come up here, Ephesians 4.28, it says, 
Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labour, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Well, first of all, in that scripture, I think it's obvious to anyone that has sticky fingers, stop. It's biblical. Did anyone have any issues with that? You know, sometimes we have issues with translating the Bible, working out what God wants to say, but I think it, he doesn't want you to steal. So stop. So we got past that? But I, I believe the very essence of this uh, scripture isn't that you just get a job or you stop stealing. It, it doesn't, it's not really the essence of the scripture The essence of the scripture is that really you actually have something to give. Who knows that? Is that as a church we are to give something, whether it's finance, whatever it is, I believe as Christians we are to give of ourselves. I spoke about it a few weeks ago. We are to pour out of who we are. We are to be the ones that live in abundance that have more than enough, not just to meet our own needs. And, and, and let me tell you, it's good that we meet our own needs. That, that, that's good. We, we're supposed to meet our own needs and we are supposed to meet our family's needs. But I, I believe as a Christian, we're not supposed to just be there, stop there. I, I believe that God has called each and every one of us you know, to meet the needs of those around us as well. We are called to live in abundance. You think about it, salvation. It's not just to stop at salvation. It's actually to make disciples as well. You know, we we are called to go beyond just the now moment. It is one thing for someone to make a decision, which is great, but I believe that we are supposed to help them on the journey as well. It goes beyond the now moment. Healing. It's not just for my healing. I love Jesus. He says, hey, come as you are, but I believe this, don't stay as you are. Go and be someone else's healing as well. Go and be someone else's answer. He says, hey, hey, come to me and drink, but then also go into the world. It just doesn't stop with us. Blessing doesn't stop with us. Is that we don't give just to be bless us. As we give so that we can be a blessing to others. Our motive should always be others. It should never be self-orientated. When it comes to the things of God, it is never self-orientated. It always goes beyond ourselves and who we can bless. And that's what I love about when it comes time, when I do give of myself, of my time, and of everything that I have, when I do give it, it's actually not about me, but it's about someone else. And it should never be about someone else that we'll meet. I think this, is that I love when I do give that it actually goes beyond someone I'll never, ever meet. In every area of our life, not just our finance. So abundance and more than enough should be our aim so that we can outwork the calling of God that he has for us to do. For us here, it's to influence our world for good and for God. It's just not Redcliffe, 
but it's our world. It's this here, but out there as well. I I love this year some of the projects that we've got coming up. And I'm passionate about, yes, we do need new air conditioning. We need those. Yeah, that's great. But the thing that I I love more is what we're going to do over in Europe. You know, Muslims are coming through, they're, they're sweeping out of Syria, they're sweeping out of, they're coming through, they're, they're going through into Germany. You know, and, and the, the government has come, <laughs> governments always have plans, but they've come to the church and said, we don't know what to do with them. Hey, church, how about you look after them? You feed them, do whatever, there's a stadium full, go for it. And so now you've got churches over in Europe that don't have a budget for feeding they don't have a million dollar budget for looking after refugees. And, and Pastor Mark was with them at a table and, and he was, they were talking about it and they're like, well, we weren't prepared for this 12 months ago. We didn't have it in our budget. We didn't foresee this and now they've got to do this. And, and so they're going in feeding people. They're going in sharing the gospel. They're seeing miracles take place. And this pastor says, you know what? We were never allowed it into those countries. Now those countries are coming to us. Yeah and we're seeing revival take place. These people are are moving through their own country, they're walking past their own mosques, and and what's happening is they're standing outside, they've got their own religion selling them water, they walk across the border and they've got Christians giving them water. And they're wondering, who's the true God? And so we're going to do that in Germany, but also too in Sweden. As we've got another Swedish church that we're... But this is what's going to take place. So we're like, you know what, we're going to send, so we're going to see revival take place. We're going to see miracles take place in this world. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 5 says this, That is why I thought it necessary, and this is Paul, he's teaching to the Corinthians, he says, That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brothers to go to you before I come and make arrangement in advance for this generous previously promised gift of yours so that it would be ready not as something extorted or wrung out but as a voluntary and generous gift. This is the thing, he starts with this. Is Let's be upfront and open about this. We're going to be doing an offering. Let's be open. This is what Paul's saying. I'm coming for an offering. But he goes this, he goes, I don't want you to feel manipulated or tricked. And this is what I love about our church, is that it's not about that. Yes, we will always take up an offering. There is no doubt about it. My brother jokes about it. Because he hands out the offering buckets. And we're sitting in the front row, and the offering bucket comes around, and he collects it at the other end. He's like, pastors never give. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Jeremy. Just point that out. But, but, it's, it, but for us, it's purpose in our heart. Is that I want you to understand that God's truth regarding generosity. That's what Paul's saying. We're going to go through this scripture. I, I don't want whining or complaining afterwards. I want you to give with confidence and faith. That's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I'm sending you this letter. Because I want you to give with confidence and faith, with expectation. Not that you have to give, but that you would want to give. Excited and willing to participate in the adventures of God. Who wouldn't want to participate in the adventures of God? To see heaven come to earth. 
And Paul goes on to explain how it works. If you go further down in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, And now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, that blessing may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. The sowing and reaping principle. It's all through the Bible. Sowing and reaping. It's planting seed in good soil and watching it grow. Uh, the video. You know, over the few weeks, we've been watching the video where he planted a seed and then you saw there, it was like, whoa, I wish trees grew that fast. <laughs> I was like, sometimes I plant a seed and it don't grow that fast. But it's the harvest. It's not about what we sow or how much we sow, it's just whether we sow and the attitude that we sow with. If you sow sparingly, you know, you'll reap sparingly. If you, if you sow grudgingly with our attitude, you know what, you will reap grudgingly. Just lost my page. If we sow like this, we'll reap like this. But God says, hey, sow generously. And I believe generosity isn't the amount, but it's the attitude. The attitude in which we sow. You know, if the offering container comes around and you're like... There's my $2. There's a tip. Some of us just tip God. All you'll ever get back is the tip. We wonder why we don't live in blessing. It's because we're just tipping. When you give grudgingly, it will always leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Ever notice that? When you give something out of a grudge or you don't want to let go, who does it actually affect, you or them? Like, it affects you. Like, there are some times I don't want to give my kids stuff. I'll be honest. You know, if there's a last chocolate bar, I don't want them to have it. I want it. You know, but sometimes I just give it to them. You know who it affects more? Not them. They're loving it. They're excited. They're happy. I'm like, oh. And then you ask for a bite back and it gets even worse. Yeah, but, and sometimes we're like that with God. Is, you know, we get, and it's like, and sometimes you've got to realise sometimes it just affects us and no one else. Is that with generosity it comes with the attitude. But if we, show with it, if we sow with a generous heart or a good heart, then we will reap generously a blessing. This is what happens when we give. Is that my giving puts God first in my life. My giving is going to change someone else's life. It says, my giving opens the windows of heaven. Some of us wonder why the windows of heaven aren't open over our life. Then maybe we need to look at our giving. Not how much, but how. But how? 
how we give. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He says, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Purpose in his heart. Purpose in his heart. I I believe this is that we need to get it settled within our heart first. In our heads and our hearts. The generosity giving is good and it is of God. It does good and it won't make you poorer. I won't have less And I've always worked that out, is that when I do give, I I never seem to have less. I, I never have less. And that I will be blessed, and so will others. But I love that God delights in a cheerful giver. And that I have decided to live ready and willing to please the heart of God with my giving. He asks us to think, to put purpose to our giving. In verse 8 and 9, goes on and says, And God is able to make all grace, I tell you what, I want all grace and favour and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. There's the key right there. Purpose. Make all grace, every favour and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always and under all circumstance, regardless of the need, have complete, sufficient in everything being complete, self-sufficient in Him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity that it is written and forever remains written, He, the benevolent and generous person, scattered abroad, He gave to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. His righteousness endures forever. You know, giving isn't always about, isn't about what the church is getting or the church getting my money. It's rather about God getting blessing and increase back to me. And abundance, not less, but more. Think about it. If you give love, what are you going to get? If you give love, you're not going to get less, you're going to get more. If you give energy into something, you know, or you, you go to the gym, you're not going to get less, you, you're going to get more. Giving brings increase. It opens the windows, the doors of heaven. 
God's plan is more, not less. When I read through the scriptures, God always has more for you and I, not just financially, in every area of our life. He has more in every area of our life. He has more for our marriage. He has more for our kids. He has more for our community. He has more for our nation. He has more for you as an individual. I believe this is that poverty is always a curse. And for a time within the church, and when I was growing up, it was like, you know what, money is bad. We're called to be poor. I saw my parents scrape through. And I was like, God, I never want to be a pastor for that reason. Oh, hello, I'm here. God, where is the blessing? Where is it? They gave everything. But then I look at my life, I look at my family's life. God actually gave us more in every area. In every area. And this is what I find, is that poverty is always a curse. Lack will always limit your potential and lack will always limit your possibility. But when we live out of the abundance of who God is, everything is possible. And all things are possible. Lack of love does the same. Lack of faith, lack of hope. Learn to despise lack in all areas of your life. Not just your finances, but in all areas. Despise lack of love, despise lack of faith, despise lack of hope. Turn it around and see what God can do. See how He can move. Giving is the conqueror of lack. If something is lacking in your life, then give. If love is lacking in your life, then give some love. If generosity is lacking in your life, then be generous. If words of encouragement are lacking in your life, then encourage someone. Speak to them. Speak hope. Speak life. Speak purpose. It's God's answer to life and life abundantly for us and for others. It is important to God because He states it. The generosity endures forever. It's an attitude. We'll finish on this, 2 Corinthians 9.10. And now he who proves, provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources and your increase to harvest of your righteousness which shows itself in active goodness, kindness and love, you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. And this generosity administrated through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. From those who benefit. God provides seed for the sower and bread for eating.
You know, He provides a seed for you to sow and bread to eat. Unfortunately, a lot of people live in poverty because they sow their bread and their seed. But then others live in poverty because they keep their seed and eat their bread. You know, with your seed, if you eat your seed, that's all it will ever be. If you release your seed, it will multiply. It will multiply. I think it's a mistake that we really think that we own everything that we have. The Bible states that the earth and all its fullness belongs to God. All its fullness belongs to God. Everything that we have right now, it belongs to God. We don't own the air, He does. We don't own our time, it's His time. We don't really own property, He gives it to us for a season. God supplies it all for us for a season. He shares it with us. The question is, not really how much should I give, but how much really does He want me to give? It shouldn't really be that. It shouldn't be hard. It should be this, how much should I keep? How much should I give? How much should I keep? I remember a story of Daniel Peters. He's a guy that has a, like a gold press and gold billiards. He trades in gold and things like that. And he was coming out of church one day and, and he owns a Rolls Royce. And he he was walking out of church, out of the car park, and he was walking up to his Rolls Royce, and, a, and an old lady came to him and basically said, well, what are you doing? You know, you could sell that and give the money to the poor, and you know, what, what do you think you're doing? You're just being selfish. You're just keeping everything for yourself. And he turns around and he says to the lady, he's like, well, I brought this with the 10% I keep. Sometimes I, I think, question should be, God, how much do you want me to keep, not how much do you want me to give? Kingdom of God, kingdom principles. And that's what I love about the kingdom of God, all its principles are upside down. That's why sometimes the world looks in and they can't understand why would we give, why would we praise God, why would we worship Him, why would we give Him our life? because he's actually given us everything in the first place. Everything is God's and he's happy to share it with us. Don't be fooled into thinking it's yours. God gives us the answer to the question, how much should I keep? Bread to eat, seed to sow. Our time, our talent, our treasure. Kingdom purposes. Kingdom purposes. Eat your bread, not your seed.
I love 2 Corinthians 9 verse 12. And I don't think they've got this version, but it's a, a different version. And it says this, it says, What you are doing is much more than a service that supplies God's people with what they need. It is something that will make many others thank God. When we give, when we're obedient to the voice of God, when we realize everything that we have is His and, and we offer it to Him for His kingdom purposes. And I'm not just talking about our, time, uh, our, our treasure, but I'm talking about our time and our talent. It is something that will make many others thank Him. God gives us seed. He's our supplier. God wants us to increase. He's the God of increase. God wants us to keep being generous with our lifestyle of generosity. But the greatest thing about it is, is that God will get the glory. Is that God will get the glory and that people will find salvation. People will find salvation. Some way you may never know will find salvation. Why? Because we're obedient to the voice of God. We purposed in our heart on how we respond to the things of God, to His principles, to His purposes. If you'd just like to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'd love to ask this question this morning, and I don't know everyone in this building, and, and yes, we did talk about finance we don't normally talk about finance for a whole service, but we did. We will go there. But this morning, I'll, I don't know everyone in this building, and maybe you've stepped in for the first time. Or maybe you've been coming for a while and, and you haven't asked Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. You haven't responded to the gospel, the good news, the hope that Jesus died on a cross so that you could have a relationship with God. Today, if you would like a relationship with God, if you would like to walk with God, if you would like to know Him personally, today I would love to pray with you. And while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, we want to take this moment and I would like to pray with you now if, so I know who I'm praying with. I would love for you just to slip up your hand just as I look across. If anyone would like to be included in this prayer, just lift your hand up now. Yeah, I see that hand. Thank you. Does anyone else want to join this young lady? Just in this prayer. Just I look across anyone else. This is why we do what we do. Father God, today I know that you saw that hand, but Father, I know that you see the hearts in this building. Lord God, today as our hearts are turned towards you, as we acknowledge you today, Father, I pray that you come and move over the young life, move over any life that responded right now. Lord, right now as they acknowledge you and they say we want a relationship with you, we want to know you as our Lord and our Saviour, 
Today, Father God, I pray that you send your Holy Spirit as a guarantee to seal that decision today in this young life and in the lives within this building. Lord God, from this day on, Father, I pray that everything changes, that life changes, that they'll know life and life abundantly. They'll know hope. They'll know faith. They'll know who you are, that heaven will come to earth today in Jesus mighty name we thank you amen amen come on let's give him a hand